1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: The Florida Gators made a big hire during the offseason in bringing in Billy Napier as their new head football coach. But then... They made a bigger hire in getting a new play-by-play guy, St. Louis and Sean Kelly, one of the best in the biz and a great friend who's with us now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you doing,
2: Randy? You can't you can't intro me like that. <laughs> <Come on. laughs>
0: oh, sorry about that. But you're, you're, that's all right. Hi guys. You're great. I, it's great to have you with us. How's everything going in your inaugural campaign as the the voice of the Gators?
2: yeah I'm settling in a little bit. Believe it or not. it was kind of a very unexpected life change, um, as it turns out in a good way, and uh, not anything I was expecting by any means. The training camp was uh, a matter of me getting around town with the help of my phone and by by week one, i can I can get the work in back and find the stadium without you know some <laughs> computerized women's voice telling me to turn here and turn there. So in that sense it's it's going pretty well.
1: Hey Sean, I, I want to talk about the, the, your quarterback and Anthony Richardson, uh, a young man that that is getting an opportunity this year. Uh, I thought he made a great decision in the off season to to go to this remove himself from the nickname that was given to him. What have you seen from him, and 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 how good can this young man be?
2: Yeah, no, I think he can be really good. The ceiling's high. You know, you know when I first saw him, he's a, he's an off the bus All American. I mean, he looks the part. Right? <laughs> And he could play power forward in the NBA and he could probably play, you know, tight end as well. You know, so when you look at him, it's all there. The size, the the ability to run, an explosive arm, uh, you know, all those things are in play, but yet not a whole lot of experience as a starter and especially in the Southeastern Conference. So that's been a learning process. I think here in the last couple of weeks, he's learned more about preparing for a start, which, um, I think it's sometimes overlooked and I think that he's also gotten away from playing carefully which he did in weeks two and three and now has let it rip here in his last two starts and so now I think we're back toward what people are projecting him as is a possible first round pick in the NFL. I still think that's the case because in that league we're drafting more on potential than ever before and he's got all kinds of potential in that sense. Um, You know, He's still got a lot to learn and and he's taken some lumps too, and he's done so against ranked teams and some of the better defensive minds in college football. So this hasn't been some easy start for Anthony Richardson as a you know, as a signal caller in a in a power five, let alone at Florida. So little by little you see growth and and uh, when that matches up with the God given talent, it could be very special.
0: Billy Napier was one of the really hot names when the, the Gators got him last year. What sort of a program do you think he's going to run? In terms of what sort of a style do you think when he gets it going, we'll see. Will it be more like Steve Spurrier or will it be more like what Urban Meyer did?
2: A mix of the two, probably a little more toward the Urban Meyer mold. Um, I think that if if we're looking at the, the feel-good side of it, it's going to be more like Spurrier in that... Very um, family-heavy, brotherhood, work and fight for one another, um, and maybe less heavy-handed than, say, Urban was. Urban was, I don't want to call Urban a taskmaster, but uh, he kind of ruled with an iron fist in a lot of ways during his time here and and in other stops, too, uh, and to his detriment, obviously, at the NFL level. But um, as far as the style of play goes, it's going to lean more toward Urban and less fun and gun spurrier type mm-hmm. stuff on the field.
1: Does that allow uh, this Florida program to get back to the the prominence that it once had? I mean, when you look at uh SEC in the state of Florida, you think Florida, Miami, uh, Florida State. Uh, but Florida has not been been what it has been, what it was over the few years, you know, over the last few years. Does that allow them to get back to that to that level?
2: Well, that's I mean, obviously that's the hope and And I'm a big process guy, uh, and so I watch Billy Napier, who is like process-driven to the nth degree. And so I think those things do translate into long-term success. Uh, This comes down to getting players, you know, and and that's the task ahead of him now is replenishing a roster that kind of had fallen off at the end of the Mullen era. And so he's got to get talent here. It's clear where he sees the needs of this football team just based on, you know, the early recruiting reports. He needs defensive linemen. He needs a, a game changer, at wide receiver. Uh, so he's targeting specific things. And, you know, when you combine those two things, I think Florida gets back into the mix of being amongst the elite, which pretty much I think that you'd have to say that, you know, if you're looking at a traditional sense, Florida has always kind of been in that conversation except for here of late. So, um, yeah, it could head that direction. How long it will take, I don't know. Um, obviously this year – they want to be better than last because that was you know, kind of rock bottom by Florida standards. I think it's a bowl team this year, uh, and then beyond that, the expectations will be much higher.
0: Sean Kelly, the St. Louisian and Voice of the Gators with us on 101 ESPN. You've got Mizzou coming up, and, man, Mizzou gave Georgia all they could handle. I would think that that's probably a wake-up call. If you thought Mizzou was going to be a walkover, which is completely reasonable, you watch the Georgia game and it kind of changes your mind.
2: Yeah, but how reasonable is it when – Seemingly, Missouri and Florida can't figure each other out. It's 5-5 in the 10-game series since the Tigers joined the SEC. Uh, All the games seem to be funky and wild. I kind of laugh at the line right now, which I think actually moved to 11. I think it started at 10. It's at 11 right now. I kind of giggle at that because I watched Missouri play Georgia this past Saturday, and if Mizzou comes into the swamp and blitzes like Baker did – and hits as hard as they did. I mean, they were flying around on defense and just punishing type hits. Uh, Florida's really got their hands full. So I think it's closer than 11. Uh, that's just me. And I think it's going to be some freak play because of the series of the way that has gone. And then, uh, you know, is, is Mavis going to, you know, try and set the three-point record again in football this week uh,
0: <laughs> You know, on
2: long field goals? So, uh, you know, I find it to be very unpredictable in that, I find Missouri to be very unpredictable and Florida maybe to some extent too.
1: Hey, Sean, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk about my Illini. I, I have to give the Illini some love whenever they get a chance. Um, I, I would wonder what your thoughts are on their season thus far and, and you know, going into Wisconsin last weekend and getting a big win and how, much, how well do you think they can go, how well do you think they can do for the rest of the season?
2: Well, I just, I'll be truly honest in that when I was doing the national schedule for ESPN Radio for college football, I would have probably paid a little bit more attention to what Illinois is doing. Although I know this, the Illini have made themselves relevant again um, in that I don't think you count them out. And much like Missouri has ended a couple of Florida head coaching careers, uh, seemingly, uh, you know, the Illini now have uh, mantled themselves as as the Chris killer in Wisconsin. So, look, this is an Illinois team that wasn't in that position here. True long stretches, long suffering stretches of Illinois fans, but you know, slow but sure. And I, maybe, maybe this is the right build instead of the quick fix. I think now there's this kind of let's let's do this the right way and be patient about it. And perhaps I don't want to get you know out over my skis on this. Maybe this is maybe this is the way for the Illini, and I hope that continues because look, that's another brand that's been sleeping for a long time. And it's good for college football when we get, you know, the flagships back involved in each of their conferences.
0: Sean, a couple of years ago, I was doing an event with the then Missouri athletic director, Jim Sturk, and I was complaining, not complaining, I was just asking a question about the uh, non-conference schedule because it's not strong when Mizzou plays their their non-conference schedule. And unfortunately for me, as I asked the question, Mizzou had... Number one Alabama and number two Georgia coming up, and he said, "Aren't you happy with playing number one and two back to back?" But uh, that leads me into this gauntlet that that Florida has after Mizzou. LSU seems to have found themselves a little bit under Brian Kelly. They're number twenty-five in the country now. Then you guys have Georgia, and going to A and M is always going to be a real battle. So the the Gators after this Mizzou game, and like you say, including this Mizzou game, this next month for Florida is really a gauntlet.
2: Yeah, it's a gauntlet, and I think these next two weeks, Randy, are the this is the pivot point I think for Florida's season. Um, You know, it's it's interesting. We talked about Richardson's development as a quarterback. You know, he started against the top ten team against Utah. They played Kentucky, who ended up being the top ten briefly. Tennessee's right there. You know, take away South Florida and Eastern Washington, and really, I think Florida's strength of schedule has been has been very good, and it only now, as you mentioned, gets tougher in the sense that and this is why I say that the next two are pivotal, the the Missouri game and the LSU game, and no offense to anybody here, I think are winnable games for Florida. They're not guarantees, but I think they're in the category of you could win this football game. If they take the next two, in Billy Napier's first season, they're now positioned to have quite an interesting season. But because of the gauntlet that you referred to, if they split these next two or, you know, God forbid for the – emotional well-being of Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> if they drop the next two, you know, the season could spiral on them and you lose any kind of momentum that you would get in any head coach's normal first season. So, this is I think the pivot point. Missouri Saturday, LSU the following Saturday, which will be a night game now at uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. So, if if you don't do something special in these next two weeks, you're right. It's it it's, it's going to get loose because Georgia's Georgia, A&M is, and they've made me look good here, guys, because I said they were overrated before the season. They've proven to be that way, but as you both know, playing at Kyle Field is a different animal, so you're playing a road game there. And then, you know, are you scrambling to be bowl eligible with games (laughs) against South Carolina and Vanderbilt after that? So, yeah, I think these next two weeks are truly the the moments, you know, with regard to season one under Napier.
1: Hey, Sean, I don't know if you, you know this yet because you're you just now the first season with the Florida Gators. With you, I, And maybe you can come back and tell us later on in the season which home field advantage is the best in the SEC or which school has the best tradition uh, for football in the SEC?
2: Wow. Uh, and I've been to most all of them now. Um, Neyland is on its way back in Knoxville now that Tennessee's relevant again. Saturday night in Death Valley is still to me – one of the most special experiences in college football. Um, and Saturday night is different than Saturday afternoon. It's a, <laughs> there's a very fine line there. Saturday night at Death Valley is is extremely difficult for an opposing team to come in and play. Um, Florida, when Florida's rolling, is, is up there. Uh, and, you know, Alabama's Alabama. It's less about the venue and more about the opponent in that situation. So if I'm just taking off the, the top tier, those would be the schools that would be on my mind.
0: One last thing for Sean Kelly, longtime voice of the New Orleans Pelicans and a longtime resident of New Orleans, so I'm going to completely shift gears. I don't know if you got a chance last night, but uh, both Kerry and Matthew Rocchio were watching Zion and said that he just looked completely different. He lost a ton of weight. I'd kind of written Zion off. What do you think? Is, is he going to be able to do something with his NBA career?
2: Well, yeah, no, if he stays healthy, well, I did watch a little bit last night. You know, I'll still do ESPN radio NBA games. So I, I, I found myself last night going, I really have to start paying attention to this already. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, found it, I found it to be, you know, entertaining. And I, I think, you know, Stan Van Gundy and I talked not too long ago and he thinks if you look at the overall offensive talent for the Pelicans right now, it's as good as anybody in the league. Uh, you know, look, I'm not trying to say that they're in the same club here as Golden State per se, but you know, right now with, with B.I. and Zion, who again, Bouncy again last night, like bouncy in a good way. Um, and then, you know, the other pieces that have emerged, that young talent that went through last year, not to mention um, C.J. McCollum, who came over last year and helped him get to a playoff run. Uh, that's a dangerous team in the West. Uh, and if Zion plays <laughs> like he did last night in that first half, he's a problem. and uh, and And this would go back to, you know, what we all thought he would be coming out of Duke. So, look, it's, it's about, we're, we're now going to find out if the patience that the Pelicans put forth and the heat that they took for their whole process with Zion, if, if, if that's the correct course and it pays off, then all is well in New Orleans, and, and they'll be thrilled, and, and he'll be a superstar. Sean
0: Kelly, it's great to hear your voice. Congratulations on the great start with Florida. And I'm sure that as the college football season unfolds and we get to the NBA, we will talk to you again here in your hometown of St. Louis. Always great to have you with us. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys. And uh, you know what I'll be watching this weekend other than Florida, Missouri. No Cards.
0: I I know you're going to have an eye on him, my man. (laughs) Take care. See you later. That is uh, Sean Kelly. He is uh, one of the best broadcasters. He's he's a superb play-by-play broadcaster. And if you get a chance to hear him, you've heard him here on 101 ESPN, but he's great. You'll love him.